What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Fully Pinned Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Maloof, and today our guest is none other than Shannon Jansen, owner of All Mountain Sports. We had a ton of laughs. I absolutely love this episode, but just for a second, we're going to take a moment to shout out a few businesses that we love and endorse and use. So, of course, All Mountain Sports, then you've got Bicorp, Purity Plant Protein, Crush Oz, Crush Cleaning Products, Leah MTB, of course, Leah Protective Wear and Spank Bikes. Love their gear. Another quick note, episodes five, six, and seven are already filmed, and hopefully eight is going to be done soon, so we are back on that train, but for now... Episode four with Shannon Jansen. It's a go. Let's go. You'd sort of leave in the morning and be home before the street lights were on was usually the rule. Oh, go to the shops to get that dollar's worth of hot chips, which seem like a freaking mountain. When you're 10 and 12, you don't really know anything. No break, slick tires. Basically, I went, yeah. It was just me. There was nobody else in. You're the best stitch up. Yeah, I don't know where my bottle is, but I want to show that little... The thing, like the little plastic thing on the top disappeared. Yes, that thing. I know. <laughs> but it's more so just the design as well. That was epic. Anyway, enough yarning about me munging my water bottle up. Welcome, everybody. Finally, we are sitting down with Shannon Jansen, the man behind. Look, I had to do it. It's, it's utter cheese, but I had to rep it. The man behind All Mountain Sports and many other fantastic things. Uh, thank you for joining us for episode four. Uh, cheers, man. Thanks for having us. Man, um, man, what would be the best way to to start this off? I reckon <clears throat> give us a give us a little bit of a um, backstory about um, you and bikes and how how you fell into it and. You know, now you've got this business, you've got a big community of guys around you that you ride with. How did you come about and come into mountain bikes or even just riding in general? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, look, I guess um, I, I probably I rode my whole life, right? Like even as a, as a kid, used to get around everywhere you went was on a bike. You yeah, didn't, oh, uh, didn't catch trains or buses when I was a kid. It was always um, on your bike and off to the shops or, or wherever you were going. You'd sort of leave in the morning and, and be home before the street lights were on was usually the rule. Oh, how good was the days there? <laughs> oh, I miss that stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely changed. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and then obviously as as a sort of um, teenage years and stuff, I think like everybody started mountain bike started becoming a thing, and uh, I uh, I played on dirt jumpers for for sort of five or ten years and um, did a lot in that space and and sort of competed in a couple of local like sort of really local sort of competitions and stuff. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I used to um, kick around with the guys at Action Cycles back in the day, and um, I was actually in the store and. And one of them had this wild idea about um, that I should join them and do a 24-hour race. And um, oh. that's probably where my, um, I guess, my love for mountain biking all really started, I guess. From a marathon, basically, on a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, <laughs> it was an experience, <laughs> man. It's a, there's definitely a story behind how that all rolled out from from that conversation in the store to what actually ended up happening on the day but um but yeah no that's that's sort of how it all, all started for me anyway yeah dope oh man i that's isn't that funny like you it's so i mean quite often i i talk to people or like i i love i love backstories i think you know everybody's story has worth one of the reasons i started the podcast is you know it doesn't matter who you are 
like your 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 story is valuable and it's important to someone. It's so cool hearing people's histories, but like um, people that rode bikes in the days where you could go out at sun up, you know, or, you know, just after brekkie and come home. I'll put it like that, and come home at sun sundown. Like it was just it come from that basis of fun. Like you could, like there's just so many things that a bike would allow you to do. You'd get places. You could be with your mates. You could take it off road. You could get to transport through the bush. You could, you know, go to the movies, go to the shops to get that dollar's worth of hot chips, which seemed like <laughs> a freaking mountain. Like there's, and and then bikes got me in trouble as well because bike took me to places that my mum told me not to go to. Like, we you had access right you're able to go exploring and and go and find all new weird, wonderful places and yeah no it was um it was a way to get around wasn't it 100 it was where did you ride when you like when you when you're a kid like whereabouts did you grow up um it was always around like sort of local local sort of neighborhood and stuff but we always I had access to um i used to live quite close to the kongba dam so we had access all around the dam and the spillway and there's sort of oh, like scout so cool. dens and single track and stuff through there so you know, back back pre mountain bikes were riding all that stuff on on BMXs and stuff, which in hindsight was crazy. <laughs> but uh, when you're ten it's and twelve, like, you don't really know. No any brakes, <laughs> slick tires. It's basically how it went. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, uh, it's just another like relatable point. Like I, you know, obviously I've got this injury that I've got, you know, but out of all the things I've done, like it made me think about all the stuff that I did when I was a kid. That was just insane. Like you're bombing. I. From the top of the, like, from Daisy Hill all the way to the bottom, like, that hill on a $100 bike, I don't know if it's going to hold together doing, like, 80, 90 Ks an hour in a helmet that I probably got from Kmart as well. You didn't think about that because you're just going so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, just, you know, such insane things. that You really, like, jumping these bikes down staircases, like, just trying to do anything that was fun just because, you know, you could. Then reality sets in. <laughs> well, now there's, there's consequences now, right? You're going to get up for work on Monday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. Pretty you much. Hit yourself it. on the weekend, you missed a couple of days of school. I mean, that was a win, right? Oh, mate, did, yeah, pretty much. It, <laughs> I remember one day I got, I was so, we'd been out for so long. I was, I was pretty under the weather from not drinking enough water, but I couldn't be bothered walking anymore. So I laid down under my bike to and pretend I was like dehydrated or something. And I got, I guess someone pulled over and, and I literally got someone to pick up me and my mates and drive us like two Ks back to my house. Jesus. <laughs> Imagine if your kids did that now. <laughs> oh, mm, see, this is, I'm like, so, oh yeah, nah, I, I couldn't, I'll be worried. I'd, I'd make sure Jude was a black belt before he's out doing stuff like that. <laughs> so back to this um, 24-hour race and how it came about and how it worked out. Give us a lowdown. <laughs> because you, um, you geeked a bit, and I, I want to know. So there's a group of about six of us who used to sort of ride together um, you know, a couple of times a week, I guess. And um, I was in the bike store and um, picking up some parts, and they sort of said, oh, hey, have you thought about you know doing a sort of a, a marathon race? And I went, no idea what it is and, and they'll sort of give me the rundown they said oh we do two or three of these every year it's a big it was a lot of fun um you know it's a sort of it's a 24-hour race um 
we all enter solo so we can all ride together and you sort of just ride as many laps as you can and um you know it's a great day out we camp overnight and i'm like all right sign me up so i um i organized a bike i, I bought a, a secondhand um xc bike which was pretty confronting coming off a 26 inch dirt jumper uh it would have been and- so weird Mate, first I got it, the first ride on it was my first time clipped in was at the top of um, Kutha uh, next to Channel 7. And I'm like, go, just follow us in. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, first day ever clipped in on an XE bike, it was a it was an experience and a half. Um, yeah, learning how to use gears and, 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 and be clipped in all in the one go was, um, yeah, look, that was an experience. And uh, you, would have been, you would have been proper frightened at times. Not no, knowing what was going on with that bike. I, it was, yeah, it was nuts. But it was probably the best thing, right? Like I, I've, I've ridden, I've never ridden, I've ridden clipped in ever since. And you learn how to get out very quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, so there was five of us that entered into this race. Uh, it was about three months out. So we started doing a bit of training and stuff. And then <clears> yeah, as we started getting closer, people started dropping off. Like one of the guys was injured. One of the guys had an engagement party on. And uh, anyway, week of the race, um, it was just me. There was nobody else in. You're <laughs> the best stitch up. <laughs> so I um, it was at Canungra back in the back in the days, so, you know, sort of hinterland, hinterland of the, the Gold Coast there. And um, yeah, I know it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I've loaded the car up. I've got my bike. I've got um, one of the guys from the store. I, I, I nabbed his hardtail as a spare bike in case I, I did some damage to mine. And um, I went out there and, and a couple of the guys were coming out later that day, um, sort of helped me out as I was sort of riding through the night and stuff. And um, yeah, it was, um, it, it was, uh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Riding 24 for 24 hours straight through the night and sleeping sporadically and probably not eating that well. Oh, wow. I I look back on it, I knew so little. Like, there was no, nutrition wasn't a thing. Like, you were drinking straight water, there was no hydrolytes, there was no, I wasn't using gels. I'd just have a bite of something and I'd go back to the the checkpoint and then keep going. But it was, um, yeah, it was one of those, like, yeah, I have so many memories of that race. It was just. Did you cramp at all? Did you like cramp at all? Everything you could think of happened in that race, mate. It was, um, (laughs) I broke on the third. Second or the third lap, I broke a cleat off my shoe and it got stuck in the pedal. Um, oh, sort of like my gosh. Just four kilometres in. Um, yeah, so I sort of pedaling back one foot on, one foot sort of loosely attached. Um, there was, no, it was, yeah, there was a, it was like a long grass, like a waist height grass climb. There was a soft sand climb on this thing. It was, it was horrible. There was a, at 2 a.m., there was a thunderstorm. I got hit with, with hail. Um, Everything you could think of that could go right or wrong in a race happened. It was um, it was nuts, man. I've never been so um, yeah, so exposed, so so broken. Um, it was, but it's awesome. Like it's one of those things that um, it's not it's not physical. It's all mental. Um, yes, you've got to be able to pedal, but um, the mind gives in before the body does, long long before. And um, the amount that I learned, even just about yourself in that um, in that race, was. Uh, you know, something I'm grateful for. And it's the same reason I still do 24s now when I get the chance. Um, not because I'm going to go out there and set a blistering time or even ride for the full the full 24 hours, but um, it just strips everything back. It's just every all the bullshit disappears. It's just you and you're, you know, you're alone at 2 a.m. in the dark on your own. There's no, there's nowhere to go, right? It's just um, 
yeah, it's just a different experience. Man, as as heinous as that sounds, probably because of the situation, how you went into that situation, I kind of thought you might steer it in that direction because I actually said to someone the other day, one of the out of all the sports that I've done, things that I've done, skating, whatever it is, like you know, rep level basketball, blah blah blah, running. I'll bring it back, but running was the hardest thing. Like trying to get you know sub a particular time, like five k's under a particular time, and keeping that pace. I was like, I know my body can do this, but because it's so hard, my brain is just like, yeah, nah. It just it wants to be like, you asshole, stop. I don't want you to keep doing this to me. And I imagine it would have been like a similar, you know, a similar thing. There would have been points, you know, you know, that sand climb, 2 a.m., getting punched in the face with hail that you. Oh, I remember I got back from one lap at like, it was maybe 4 a.m. or something. And, and um, a good friend of mine, Mick, who was the, um, he was the guy that ran the bike store. He was there and um, sort of kept my bike running because I was, falling off left, right and centre and breaking stuff as you did on early early model mountain bikes. And um, I came back in and I was just literally just like, I was just crying. Not for no reason, just just like literally tears running down. He's like, not even in pain. I'm just, just sitting there. So just, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. Like I'm so broken. Um, and uh, yeah, it was nuts. He's like, cool, your bike's ready. Up you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, cool. Um, just, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, just slaps me on the ass and pushes me out the out the tent, and um, <laughs> but um, it was awesome. Like, that was the the next lap was the sun up lap, and um, yeah, all the, everything just disappears, all the pain, all the problems go away, and you just you're out there, and it's just an awesome time to be on the trail. So it was, um, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome, man. I, anybody that's ever thought about doing that sort of a thing, it doesn't matter if it's six hours, twelve hours, two hours, um, anything that pushes you past where you would normally go and and takes you to that dark place is um, there's so much to be learned there. I agree. I very much agree. I've had times mid prep for a powerlifting comp where I I was studying pretty much full time. Dad, my father, oh, this is like pretty gruesome, but like my father was you know unwell with pancreatic cancer. I had and I committed to this prep for this comp, and it was a a comp that I could possibly do quite well in, you know. And it was one of those things you'd finish up visiting dad you'd be squatting at like 11 at night. And I was like, you put your back, you, you first set, you rack out and you just like, oh, I can't be bothered. Yeah. At one thirty at night, when I finished that workout, I can't tell you, or in the morning, I've, I can't tell you how good I slept. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's doing the work when no one's looking. That's, that's what it's all about. Isn't it? I'm going to ha- look, I don't know when, but stories like that and seeing how that filthy Mexican rod, um, <laughs> he, you mean slippery? Oh man, that mustache is so bad, but so good. I and just hearing, oh, I don't know. I will. I definitely want to push myself to that level of hurt one day, like. I don't know when, but I'll definitely do one one day for sure. Yeah, so I don't think it's it's really different. It's not a like um, Mitch obviously came out this year and did a couple of laps as well, and um, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. quite surprised. He's like, you know, because I, I thought it'd be a really 
uh, intense sort of racing format. And you said it's the opposite. Everyone's sort of out there encouraging each other. Like you said, it's just a, you said it's an amazing atmosphere. And um, yeah, it's, like, it's one of those things, right? If you just want to see what you can do, that's, that's what it's all about. If you ride for six hours or you ride for two laps, it doesn't matter. Um, just about out there having fun, really. So do they have particular, do you have to ride the whole 24 hours or is it just? Nah. Come and go as you please. So you, you sort of um, you set up along pit lanes. The pit lane's like a big big S, and you know, yeah. there's obviously tents and, and gazebos along pit lane, and um, you just have access to the trail. It's part of the track, so you um you could do one lap every five hours. You could go continuously. It's it's really um, it's up to you to ride as much or as little as you want in that period. So obviously the the elite guys that are sort of winning the race aren't getting off their bike. They run they're, they're going the full time, but but very um you know, the, the average punters, you know, they might ride for 10 hours out of the 24 or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's sort of, you know, it suits all fitness levels really. Yeah. It's definitely something I would, I'll give it a go one day, get this, <laughs> get this whole, uh, thing sorted out and, uh, we'll get there. How, what was your first, what was your first bike? Um, the first one I can remember, was a Redline 340. It was, um, I got it from my cousin. So all my family was a lot older. And um, yeah, yeah, that's sort of the first bike I can, like I can remember other bikes. It was the first one I could probably name. Um, and I had that for oh, years, years. Man, was that, wait, Redline, it would have been a BMX, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's a 20-inch BMX back in the day when they were all chrome and you know, everything was all shiny and blinged out and all that sort of jazz. So sick. It'd be one <laughs> very, of those things you'd very see retro in an ad. Now. Yeah, yeah. You'd be one of those things though you'd see in an ad and like you'd see it in like March or, or whatever it was and it would stick in your mind and be like, that's the bike I want for Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want this bike. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a similar era when you had all the, you know, this is the GTs and the mongooses running around on the, the big tough wheels and stuff like that. There's the, the plastic things. Oh, oh man, mongoose was, was the thing, man. Oh, I just remember whenever had anyone, whenever whenever I was at the skate park, anyone had a mongoose, whether it was, you know, whatever it was, like attention was paid to that person. <laughs> Definitely cool bikes in the time, weren't they? Yeah, hundred percent. Now, but when you think about like when you think about it though, like what people were doing on bikes then compared to how capable the bikes are now like it's pretty pretty nut yeah i mean i can i can remember sort of you can sort of remember going to the local jumps or whatever and you're like oh do i tighten my handlebars and today it's like oh i won't go on the trail if my suspension's not tuned perfectly and my hydraulic brakes are squeak free and you know all the bells and whistles (laughs) yes what's up sorry (laughs) you're a good man (laughs) I love you. Bye. Okay, sorry. Man, you're speaking so nicely to someone and they're screaming in your face. I love you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's so funny. I had a conversation with someone this afternoon around like tire usage and like people people have preferences. And you can like whatever you like, but pretty much any top tire is going to work. Like, and the selection back then 
like for tires compared to what we have now, you, like, you know what I mean? Like people just used what they had and now there's so much of everything that is almost too much and it becomes so much about the bike and not really about riding the bike. And it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's wrong to have nice things and, you know, have, you know, your dream build or like, you know, all the kit that you like, but it seems like people can get very hung up on the bike and forget about the riding. Depends, depends on what they're in for it too, though. Not everyone's in yeah. it to, to ride. Some people have got it because they like to tinker. Um, some yeah, people, it's true. just about having a bike that takes them back to their childhood, I guess. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not always about the, the riding for everybody, I guess. But, um, I mean, you're right. There's At the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you're on a Maxxis, a Pirelli, a Michelin, a, a Continental. I mean, when you start talking, that they've all got their pros and the cons, but you're not going to have a bad tyre. There's going to be ones that are better for other things, but you're not going to ever be on a bad tyre. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's not like you, I can remember <laughs> we split tyres on you, and, you know, sometimes you get unlucky to be five kilometres into a ride and there'd be a big tennis ball egg hanging out the side of it because they just weren't well made. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, what a memory! You don't have <laughs> <Yeah>. that anymore. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my gosh, I distinctively remember this banana seat bike that we used oh, to. Dragsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know the hangers and stuff. Oh my gosh, because my nana, um, God bless her, my nana never threw. She's a major hoarder. Um, and she never threw out any of the bikes that like my mum and her brothers rode. And whenever we, because we used to live in Sydney, whenever we moved up, there was um, always an amplitude of bikes to ride. But my favourite was the banana seat bike because you could sit back because it had the the thing the the hangers back and yeah, and steer the bike with your feet when you were hooking down no. the hills. And <laughs> you think about that, you're just like, if you came off, you were cooked. But, like, you, you just – you actually got so good at it because you just did this random stuff on a bike all the time. I don't think uh, – I just remember trying to jump that thing one day, obviously not paying attention because it was a, this big divot in one of the walkways down at the beach near my nana's house, sending this thing, getting home, and seeing that egg in the sidewall of the car. <laughs> It's like, and you don't know what it is. You've never fixed a bike before in your life because your mum always takes it to the local. Yep. <laughs> and you look, or your mum or your dad or whatever, like takes it to the local. You look at it and you're like, oh, I can't be good. Like, and you wouldn't see that this day with the TPI on the outside and then this on the inside and in that case. And yeah, no, it's, it's come a long way. Oh, 100% it has. Um, side note, did you see the foes bike that? Um, Fisho Road with the Formula I did. How, how good is that with all the Ingrid components and the, and the Formula Forks and stuff oh, on it? Oh, man. I actually forgot to ask him how the forks were because I actually hadn't heard of it until you told me about the brand. Um, but he said that just he loved all the Ingrid stuff, but he said the bike was an absolute dream to ride. Yeah, right. I actually had some um, had some Ingrid um, cranks here the other day for somebody and um, made the – the attention to detail on the CNC machining on it's, it's, you know, it's beautiful. It's um yeah, God they God they make nice gear. There's no doubt. 
Yeah, I'd love to see. Yeah, he said the rear mech, um, like the jockey wheels in the rear mech, it's got like a solid piece and it actually spins on a ball, on a ball bearing instead of an axle. Yeah, it's pretty cool, hey? I was like, ah, oh, that's... The other, the other crazy thing is that same derailleur moves across that's not limited to just a 12-speed mountain bike. You can change the jockey wheels and the hanger it's not a hanger, sorry, and the cage, and go to a nine-speed road bike. Um, it's um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how they've come about making that thing. Hey, so you can piece that derailleur apart to build it out for any bike, basically. Yeah, cor- correct. So the the actual the derailleur body is um, is universal across the range, and it's just the cage and the jockey wheels that change depending on if you're on twelve-speed mountain bike. 11 speed road bike um you know or anything in between so you could essentially take it to, to different bikes and, and the likes it's um it's a pretty cool That's idea pretty wild mm. how um well, i guess we should touch on the old ams how did it come about give people the lowdown i know you know a small uh taking of this story but give people load on how ams ams came about because obviously you've been riding bikes whole life sending BMX is down single track in the local dam, and now we're here. Yeah, wild, eh? Kicking, kicking it up on the banana seat bike down hills, you probably shouldn't be riding on anything. But, how, yeah, how did you – was it something you were like, I want to have a mountain bike-orientated thing, or did you see an opportunity? How did it come, like, come about? Um, look, it's a little of both. Uh... So I'd been on the hunt for a, so I've had a few businesses in my time um, and I didn't, hadn't had one for a few years and I'd been on the hunt for something um, uh, essentially online based and, and more for the reason that that's sort of what my wife does, right? So she works in an e-commerce space um, and she builds businesses and, and social media followings and stuff for all these people that doesn't really appreciate how good she is at what she does. And so I went, I'd sort of been on the lookout for something and sort of went, what can I get my hands on that I know enough about to, to help um, that can sort of hopefully and merge the two. Yeah. yeah and sort of, um, you know, at the same time sort of help her realize, you know, you know, what she does is actually pretty incredible. Um, so that was the the first sort of um, things I'd been on the hunt for a little while um, and been playing with bikes on and off, but increasingly a lot over the last sort of three or four years, uh, obviously Rod and I started riding a lot together and, um, and I had a couple of mates that have bought bikes from um, reputable sort of local bike shops here in um, in Queensland and the, the gear they'd been sold and the bike was just, it was just such a mismatch for, for what they were going to do. One of them was sold a bloody cross-country bike and he's, you know, six foot eight, 120 kilos and wants to go ride boomers. I'm like, um, so I sort of seen that there's this, you know, the, the, it had changed from, in my mind, what local bike stores used to be about. Um, it sort of shifted to being more around just push product out the door, which is a shame, I think. Um, and then at the same time, um, All Mount Sports came up for sale. So it was started by a gentleman named Blair down in um, down in Nowra, and it popped up for sale. So Blair and I started talking, and then um, sort of a couple of weeks later, um, we did a deal. Oh, good. So I actually think Blair might be Jake's next door neighbour, believe it or not. Hang on. Oh, wow. Wait, Jake. 
like our JK yeah, Clinton. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they live next door or on the same street or something. So they're um yeah, I think those guys ride together on occasion. So do they know? Do they know this? Uh, well, I believe so. I think they're friends. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Like, I don't think I'm dropping knowledge. <laughs> yeah, but imagine Jake listens to that and be like, you know, they go for a ride, and be like, bro, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they um, I think they all sort of, uh, I think you know, Ultimate Cycles now is their sort of local, and I think they all sort of be mingling through there. So. Yeah. Do you have anything to do? I know you sponsor um. Uh, the Cycle Traders crew, but do you have, um, working with them, do you have any other teams outside of the Ambassador program that you guys work with? No, it's only the, um, only Ambassador program for us this year. And then, um, obviously the Trails View team has a, they got a team yep. of 10, um, which is a pretty, yep. pretty big outfit. Uh, but that was sort of it, obviously, um, being our first year, we still wanted to get a, an idea of what was going to work, what wasn't, and, and the like. So, um, yeah, it was actually a bit more, we weren't, um, we weren't sort of planning on, on jumping on board with um with Matt at, at Trailview Cycles, but um thought yeah. it was a really good good idea what he was doing and what he was creating. So um yeah, I thought it was a good chance to sort of be a part of it, I guess. Yeah, cool. I mm-hmm. guess that you know well, it makes me think about like that conversation we had on the phone when I was stuck in the storm at the train station, you know, when <laughs> when we got to <laughs> literally like hailing and so wild and I still had to ride so far like from there after I got there but I just remember you saying like necessary it doesn't necessarily have to you know bring about oodles of, you know oodles of cash like we're looking to build <clears throat> relationships and friendships with people that help impact others in this mountain bike community you know, if we can do something with this that uh, can help others or, you know, impact others, then that's the that's the main focus. You know, I kind of, you know, come from like, hey, your mate got sold an XC bike and he's a big, he's a huge unit. You know, what can I do to help this guy out, you know, have a positive experience, you know, uplift someone's day? Um, is that kind of, you know, what you wanted in like, how do you see it moving forward from there? Yeah, it was. Look, you're you're on the money. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't about starting a business and then, um, you know, growing this thing into some sort of monstrosity like one of the other big online schools. Yeah. But um, I guess the the plan for us is sort of going. How do we? So I think I genuinely think the local bike store is. Um, you know, it's a dying breed. There's a couple around that are that are really good and. Um, I think we we all as a community need to do our bit and support them. Um, but I think that landscape's gone from from what we knew of it. Um, I think yeah. that's going to change. And for me, I think it's about how do we how do we retain the good that used to be a part of the local bike store, the the camaraderie, the community, um, the exposure to to things. Um, while we we we're going to be forced to work in this digital world, uh, to me that's what it's about, right? It's about bringing that. Um, bringing back that fun you used to get from hanging out at your local bike store. Um, yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. tell you how we're going to go about doing that because I'm still trying to work that out. But um, I think that's the, to me, that's that's what it's all about. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't worked out yet. I honestly don't know how to to achieve that, but to, to build that community, that camaraderie, that almost that, um, 
it's almost taking a solo sport and making it a, a sort of team environment. Um, yeah, that's uh, to me that's the that's the the ultimate goal for it. I I think you'll find over time like a lot of that the ideas that you want will kind of naturally evolve themselves because it seems like opportunities that have come your way because of the way you've chosen to hold yourself and do business. You know, Trailsview came up and you met a person that you know had a similar interest in what they wanted to achieve. You know, with people you're like, oh, boom, let's uh, make this happen. So it seems like to me, like the growth is very, um, oh, look, I hate using this term because the growth is very organic. And it, but when it's organic, it's effective. Because when it's not, you're, it's not pushed, it's not forced, it's um, organic's probably the right word for it. With a, I yeah, know it's exactly. a, um, Cheesy. it's a very flogged <laughs> term at the moment, but, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's, yeah. uh, I mean, that's what it's about, right? Like it's, um, you don't want it to be another one of these um, brands that are sort of forced upon you every time you open Facebook or Instagram or, or the likes. Um, you know, you almost want it to be like that um, that local restaurant that everybody, all the locals know about, but, you know, isn't publicised in the, um, for, for, for the masses, I guess. That's that's sort of how I, how I sort of envision it. I like that. It kind of, it kind of makes me think of how I, I mentioned it to you, oh, no, like a week ago, whatever it was, but how I found it, I don't even know, like, obviously I was, I have been and will continue to consume ridiculous amounts of mountain biking content on the daily, but, um, and yeah, nobody floods my inbox with mountain bike videos like you, I can tell you. Oh, hey, 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 hey look, <laughs> you got to know what's happening. Someone has to tell you. Um, <laughs> Look, this guy in like, clips, he fell off again. Oh, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> look at this guy in flats just doing whatever he wants. Um, really, um, oh, I fell off today. I was sitting down and I wasn't, funnily enough, I was already unclipped. I was sitting down, I'm like, I bet you just I'd be banging on now. But going, oh, if you're in flats, it wouldn't have happened. hundred <laughs> percent. I can, I, can, I can promise you, I'll, I'll just get the phone out, like, um, just tell, tell the people, do you write, oh, clips? Now, look, I, in saying that, I will try them. I will try them one day because there is benefits and I am a hundred percent about upskilling, but for now I am, I am well happy, <laughs> but yeah, it reminds um, me, huh? No, clips and clip was a, I mean, it's. It just comes back to what you've grown up on. You get to a point in life where if you've been riding it that long, it's it's almost impossible to go the other way. Um, yeah, I get it. Well, it's like this, like all the bikes I've I've ridden, I've ne I've actually never tried it. I will try it one day. But um, that view you have of being that local like restaurant, it's kind of like I don't even know how I found you guys on Instagram. But when I did find it, like whether it was Explore page, because you guys. I didn't. I never got hit with an ad. Like, I feel like I have nightmares about bicycle bicycles online ads. <laughs> like, definitely a few. Um, there's definitely a few of them out there. It doesn't doesn't matter where you turn. There's an advert for them. Oh, 100 percent. Um, God bless them. Um, but like, I just remember finding, Duda. I'm doing a podcast, pubs. What? Yeah. What do I mean? Why do you want a podcast? Okay. <laughs> bye bye.
Ah. You can say hello for his... Oh, what is happening in my ear? Say hello, Judah. Hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> All right, off you go. I have one. I can only see, I can't see, I can only see your little JM circle on the screen, so. Oh, what? I hope I haven't recorded this whole thing with my camera off. I haven't seen you pop up on the screen yet, so. Shannon raised <laughs> raise their hand. Allow incoming video. Yeah, no, oh, there he is, he's back. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. So the whole time you've just been looking at JM. Yeah, I've just been looking at his white screen. Ah, oh, I'm so going to change the background at one stage. Um, all the shoes. Have you got enough? Huh? Are you, oh, are you still, like, are you, like, I'm just wondering, I'm just picturing, you know, how there's that, that stereotypical sort of thing when you go out for dinner and your wife says she'll be ready in 10 minutes and then 20 minutes later you're still waiting, right? I just I imagine your wife being like that with you while you're trying to pick your pair of shoes to go out in. It, when I first got into it, the first year, I can't believe it's been off the whole time. Should have told me. Um, the first year when I like it, it's been, I don't know, so long now. It was like that. But then if I knew we had a date night or an event where I needed a fit, you know, an outfit, um, I would pick the shoes before that night. Wow. Yeah, so I yeah I have to because I'll also come here and stand and look at that, and I'm I'm proper like yeah it's um not uh, I think you have more shoes than I've actually owned in my life if I'm being honest. Hundred percent, I would then literally everyone in the group chat, like everyone we probably know collectively, like <laughs> it's um. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Johnny's like, why don't you sell them and get more bikes? And I was just like, if I sell them, I'll have to buy things for the house, not more bikes, Johnny. So I'd rather <laughs> leave them there. We've, we've, we've I guess figured... the, the following the following question, right, is if you picked out your shoes, the real question, and I think the viewers want to know this, is does the scrunchie have to match the shoes? Yes. I'm seeing blue shoes and a blue scrunchie right now. So is that like a, is that like a match duo when you go out or um, how does that work? If I have a coloured scrunchie, generally there's some part of my outfit that matches to it. <laughs> there is not one time you will see me in mismatched clothing colour-wise. It doesn't happen. Jesus. I just, I don't know, like, I don't know what it is. Or why I am the way that I am. But <laughs> or sometimes I'll pick the hat and shoes. And then if if I'm wearing a hat, um sometimes I get the um the main out. Um but yeah. It's um Logan was here a little while ago oh, I know, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And um I can't remember what he came over for. Uh, but he's like, wait, so this isn't shoes you sell. This is your personal collection. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I can tell you every single pair, no matter what you pull out has a story. And I can tell you the story of each of them and that time in my life. So what's the, what's the long-term plan? I mean, you, there's enough shoes there for you to wear what one a week for two or three years. Like what's the, what I just, um, or? 
Nah, I don't have any duplicates. Oh, Jesus. Nah, I don't. Um, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Air Force Ones. Like, this whole row, that's all Air Force Ones, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, uh, 32. So behind that is another row of boxes. Like that's all doubles. That's all double sided. I just, I have, I don't when I, Okay. When I grew up, I, um, I, my father was in the rag trade and, um, they owned like a super, um, unfortunately before my uncle did some dodgy stuff and sent the business down the drain for everybody. Um, my father and uncle had a very successful denim and fashion label uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, and ran multiple businesses and through the rag trade. So growing up, like, we we always were in, um, you know, I was very blessed to have, like, a real solid upbringing financially. Like, we didn't we didn't go without or anything like that. But the, in regards to the clothes we wear, like, we weren't wearing Kmart. We wore the stuff that Dad bought home or designed. And I think when I grew up, I don't know what it was. Like, I I remember my first pair of Air Max in high school. And then when I got my own money and it was just like, oh, I, I can't explain it. It's like, well, I can't explain. I like everything so plain on my bike. There's anybody that wants everything black, black all the things. I don't know. <laughs> it just looks... You know, actually, I whatever that weird thing is, it just likes how like gnarly the black looks to me. Um, is the same part of me. I told her I wanted an orc tattooed on me one day. An orc? What the hell's an orc? Lord of the Rings. Okay. I've seen you the movie. I seen... No, I've seen the movie. I don't really can't really picture the creature, but um, yep. Or a gargoyle. I know. I just. I love metal, so I just like things that look metal. It's probably just a weird, like, alternative music enthusiast thing. We wear a lot of black. <laughs> I get it. But I don't always wear black. As as no. much as you think I probably do, I don't always wear black. Fair enough. you gotta, you got to, you know, you got to push the boundary sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. But, yeah, I could I could yap about the, the kicks for a while. But... Yeah, it's just one of one of those things. Like, um, I very much feel if I didn't get off the bike when I did when I was um, oh, how old was I when I ditched my last mountain bike? It's almost like a twenty year gap before I started riding again. I just don't know why, but now it feels like I was I'm in the exact same place, and I wish I never missed that gap. Like I've always had the shoes, and I've collected this up over so much time, but now it feels like I'm living my childhood again and it's back to planet bikes <laughs> back to planet bikes I, I don't worry like i still you know i'm still very much in in involved with that like community and i've got a lot of good friends in that thing but i don't know if my story would have with mountain bikes would have worked out another way that was just the cards that's just the way it is and i'm still mm-hmm. you know young i'm still you know fit i still got plenty to plenty to learn i'm just it makes me i know telling stories like that makes you think about the origins of things and i'm like man 
makes me, it makes me stoked to be doing something again that makes makes me feel childish. Like I, I don't know how else to put it. Like when you're at with your mates riding a bike, everyone's having a hoot. Everyone bins it. Hopefully, you know, have a couple of people bin it. Not too seriously. Have a laugh. You got to roll with different people, man. Falling off's not part of the sport. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, the objective. Hang, hang on, hang on. What did you do? What did you do before you uh, got in this call this afternoon? What did you do? I went out for a ride with a mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. All right. A bit worse for wear, though, eh? <laughs> May have come off a log drop. Uh, not, not so well. <laughs> oh, speaking of, speaking of that, I um, Dan. Before I knew this was a thing, this is like how like eager Beaver was. Rain and logs, right? Before I knew that wet, um, wet timber in the forest. I was like, I need to say this correctly, or someone's going to make a terrible joke out of it later when they There's hear. A big it. joke in there for sure. Hundred percent, there is wet wood. Look, I was going to say wet wood. But... Johnny would be all over this right now. Yes, he would be, <laughs> and he will be. I literally went onto this thing and I took, instead of just riding it out, because I had enough speed, I took half, I initiated a crank and the whole thing just poo-shooted like a guy that's never ridden a skateboard before out from under me and I went straight onto my gooch on this thing. (laughs) (laughs) And Dan, Dan had tears in his eyes. I I couldn't get up because I... I smacked my back so hard, like I winded myself. But I was also laughing, but because I couldn't breathe, because I winded myself and I was laughing, I couldn't get a breath in. And <laughs> I, my crack hurt so much. I was like, I literally don't think I tried another log ride for like six months. All right. I was just, mate, oh, I have four, mate, three, four months. Like, I was just like, that really hurt. Yeah. Get straight back, straight back into it. I developed that pretty quickly. I won't lie, but that <laughs> was like kind. Of, I was quite sore. It was like one of those things. I was like, I don't know if I can try again because of how hard I smacked my tailbone. We didn't. We didn't ride for too much longer after that. Didn't you rode have a saddle the rest of the day? I'd imagine. Yeah, pretty much. Well, like <laughs> from there, from there is pretty pretty much all downhill. But yeah, look, good point. I do think it's important if you can pick yourself up if this crash is not too serious to try and um, do it, Go and do it straight again. away. Do it again. Yeah. Especially, well, I mean, especially if it's something that you like. I mean, if we talk about that, that sort of log right off that I didn't make it to the end and fell off the side, the, um, I had a look, I've, I've hit that log ride over 100 times and it's the first one. Oh, is it the log jump on combi? Yeah, yeah, didn't even make it to the end, man. I got about three quarters down, and then next thing, the bike's off to the side, and I'm just sort of sliding on my sliding into a tree. But um, yeah, <laughs> didn't really know what happened. But uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, you just pedal back up and you go again. I think if it's a feature you haven't hit before, it doesn't go well. You may not just roll up and hit it again, but it's something you've done before. You've got to otherwise, you, it just sits in the back of your mind. You've got to go and tick it off and get it done. Now I was filming some. Uh... So I'm filming some stuff when um, Liat took him on as an uh, like a as an athlete um, earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and just taking some videos and that down at the the dirt jumps. And I had my bike out there too, and we were working on some stuff. And I just got a bit squiddy 
coming off a landing, and I was going to ride it out. And like I like I just taken my feet off. Like I pretty much um, lost the pedals, and but I just landed like sitting on the seat. And I was going to ride it out, but the second like I got my head up, his bike was right there, so I had to just chuck my bike and bail. So I was like, I'm not going to try and jump his bike or ride over it. And I crashed, and he's just like, and the second I got up, he's like, go do it again now. <laughs> That's it. It's a secret. And I was like, oh, no, bro, I'm good. He's just like, he's like, no, go Can do it again now. And he lo- he actually got, like, proper stuck into me because I was, no way to lie, I was having a fat sook. Like, I was being <laughs> just a, I was sooking it hard. He's just like, and he goes, even before you come here, this double was playing on your mind to set because you told me that you didn't mind not riding because he actually he had a lot of work to do like while we were there. Is it? Is like you're going to go and do this now, and if you crash again, you're going to do it again. <laughs> and at the time, I was like, "Damn, man!" Like I just everyone needs that friend. <laughs> oh, but I, but when I went up and when I went up and did it, I was like. I turned on like the bit of the ag. I was like, nah, I, I said some cuss words at myself and I slammed it. And then I went back up. He's just like, he's like, bro, that was awesome. I was like, shut up. I've got to do it again. And I just went straight back to the top and I did it a third, I think even a second and a third time. And it was that moment alone. I cannot tell you how much worth I took from it mentally. Nice. I, I cannot tell you how much to work. You know, it, it was a dark place because I was pissed that I had crashed. I was frustrated myself because it was something that I had done like a bazillion times before. And I was just, just going to leave it at that. And I was just like, why? Because you know what you need to do to finish it. Go and finish it. Like, go and get it done. And I actually found like a little bit of a mindset that worked for me in those situations as well that I can flick on and off. The tough times teach you stuff, eh? Yeah, you don't. Uh, I think that's where you learn everything about yourself. It's when you're, uh, you know, when you're back into a corner or when things aren't going well. That's when you, it's when you learn all the, uh, all the, the good, the bad, and the different. Very much so. Mm. I'm having an epiphany right now. I will message oh. you later about. No, I'm just Is having that, like. I a, can see these little bubbles coming off. Yeah, yeah, I um. Oh, I'm actually learning so much in this time of my life. It's cool. Oh, it's so weird how this... This is one of the reasons why I love, like, the idea of a podcast. You sit down, you talk with people, and even while you're talking, you can learn stuff. There's, um... Well, I mean, you, you get someone else's opinion on it. People see things differently. They come at them in a different way. And, yeah. you know, it just connects other pieces of the puzzle you already have. Yeah, 100% it does. Like I um, this is why bikes are so cool. Riding bikes are so cool. This community of of people, yes, there's an element of danger to it, but so many people, no matter what walk of life it is, no matter who you are, like you can get on a bike and have fun and you can be in a space where you can, grow yourself as a person you can acquire skill you can acquire fitness and since i've been back on the bike over the past year and a bit i have learned so much about myself mentally that i didn't think 
I knew I needed to or knew that I had to learn in order to move forward. And not just on bikes. I've, I've, I've talked life stuff with people that are going through some rough things or, you know, other people that have got injuries and this and that, and they've shared their thoughts with me and I've learned something from that. This sport actually brings out so much good stuff and not just, you know, community, not just companionship. Like one of the things we spoke about, you know, earlier on is like the mental health aspect behind riding and how it is one of the only things that I do other than lifting. Like when I have like a hard out session in the gym, well, I don't think about anything but that moment. Yeah, I can I can 100% resonate with that. Like it's um, I try and get out of an afternoon after work, and um, you know, it's only an hour and a half ride or something like that. But the same thing, it's your phone doesn't ring. Well, I actually don't carry my phone, which is which is a really bad idea. Don't take that advice, anybody. But I leave my phone in the car because <laughs> um, I don't want to. I don't want to be contacted. I don't want messages or emails or, or calls. And yeah. Um, be an hour, hour and a half away from everything, just in your own little world. And um, yeah, you get to process whatever you need to deal with and, you know, just get away from everything. It's, um, it's awesome. It's not too many, not too many other sports. You can do that. I, yeah, look, I agree with that. I think there's something about ever since I was a little kid, I had an affinity with being out in the bush. Like I love building tree houses. I'd love, you know, bushwalks, mountains, stuff like that. Being able to move through the bush the way you do on a bike, pretty special. Like what these things can do. You can you can you can cover some ground. You can do some some pretty cool exploring and and find your way to some some pretty awesome places. That's for sure. Actually, oh. we tagged on a little while ago. Rod and I did a ride with some some mates, and we rode from Sanford to so the, the car park there at Ironbark, out yep. up over Glorious, and out to the rail trail at I think Fernvale, then over to um to Ipswich. And then we caught the train back. Um, but man, we covered some. We found like some trails and some roads that I would you'd never even know existed. It was um, it was such an awesome adventure, man. Ah, oh, man, I can't wait. Now that I've got a bike that can do some decent pedaling. Look, I'm not <laughs> going to be that guy saying 27.5s can't pedal, but like a Merida like Maritas are known for bikes that can pedal like it. And as much as it is an enduro bike, it's something that I'm going to be able to put some K's down on too, which is um, I'm very, very excited about. Cause I've I want to do uh, stuff like that. I've got two 27 fives in my, my collection of bikes and they have their place, um, but they don't cover ground like a 29er. Um, it is what it is. No, but they, they have their place, but it's they're not the most efficient for covering um, mass K's. That's for sure. No, they're, they're definitely not. Oh, man, I can't wait to get back on this thing. Holy. I literally... Um, still probably another two, three months. Here's what it is. But like what we were saying before about when you go through times in your life, and I had that epiphany, and we learn things. This time of my life, while I've got the time away from the bike, I am very much learning a lot of stuff. And it's making me love the sport even more because of what it gives back to me as a person and what it gives to other people. You know, you've told me stories about, like, you know, friends, you know, acquaintance, people we know, friends of ours that have lost massive amounts of weight, turned their lives around 
you know, like really it is such a freaking oh man. I'm just having a major froth moment about mountain biking. <laughs> it's oh, good, yeah. but this is this is why this is why, you know, this is why we ride bikes, man. Like because everybody gets what they need from it. Yeah, it's and it doesn't I mean it's 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 a non judgmental space, right? If you hit the jump, if you don't hit the jump, if you ride down the trail or you you walk up it i mean doesn't nobody cares right everyone's out there for their own reasons but nobody cares if you hit the double it's only you that's concerned about it um i I think that's a really big part of of mountain biking i think that's what differentiates mountain biking from a lot of other sports um it's what differentiates it from road cycling is it's it's not about competing always with somebody else but competing with yourself more than anything very much so very much so the mental game is Man, it's wild. It's like when I um the day I snapped a Siskiyou, um I had I had a huge crash. I don't know how I didn't come away from that with more than what I did. I literally just had a scratch on my arm and like I got to the bottom of the the trail and He's just like, oh, you've got some foliage and in, like, the, the chin guard. <laughs> oh, there's actually stuff in my beard as well, hanging out the bottom of the helmet. You know, I, I missed a pop, got bucked, overshot a double, must have gone about 25 feet through the air, almost rode it out, and then this, just this little root, this open root section from where, like, a, a tree root had grown, like, into the embankment, snapped my front wheel. I just threw the bike, rolled, bike caught up with me and hit me and then I just they're like you're right and I'm like yep I'm like what else (laughs) am I going to do like so I feel like I would have known if something was wrong straight and then we just went away on our way we just kept going so you know it was broken at that time we didn't didn't find out till later I in the video was I'm probably what two or three videos away I almost finished a daisy video but in the video, I was like, something's wrong. And I just kept writing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. That's, oh, this sounds bad when people know I have, like, two kids at home and all the responsibilities that I have. But, I mean, you kind of, like, signed the dotted line when you went there in the first place because you don't have to do a massive jump to hurt yourself. God, no. I did it today on a bloody half a metre log. Like, it was tiny. It was almost yeah. embarrassing. I probably could have hurt myself as bad unloading the bike from the car. Yeah, I know. It, it's wild, right? But, yeah, the bike sounded... I was like... Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to find the clip. It's actually quite funny. I was at a crash. I roll. Someone goes... Oh, uh, Logan and Chris were, like, down, down the trail. They were hooking... And I was just trying to keep up with them, but I didn't think about how much pace we had to go because they both blew out their rear hubs the same day. So they're running chainless and they were just booting and I was just trying to keep up with them and was well, like way quicker than I needed to be going. Anyway, so my mistake, whatever. But yeah, when I got up, I was like, oh, something's broken <laughs> at the next table. <laughs> like I'm in the berm and it, it had a creek before then, but I was like, Man, something's not right. And then I snapped it in a catch berm, like clean from the clean from the thing. And I just before we went down Mini Mega again, 
um, we were going to hit drop or not. And it, I, Logan washed his front wheel in the berm. Like, he didn't come off, but he lost all his speed. And I was fully committed. I was 100% about to send myself off this thing. If he, if he had have gone off, everyone well. 100% would have has well. It was, I was like, he's like, are you ready? And I took myself to that spot where I took myself on and needed to do the two jumps at the local, and I was I was in the zone. If he had gone off and that bike snapped, it could have been a very different story. Yeah, I'm assuming a broken frame is not going to hold up well to a drop. <laughs> no, no, and it's a big drop. Like, Where's drop? So, is, that, um, is that the one after the pallet drop? Yeah, so you got pallet drop, um, or you got Robbo's pallet drop, Left-hander, uh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, yep, that, that'll that'll do your biking, surely. Wild, so wild. On that, it's like it's funny. People quite often ask me, and I don't know, like, what your train of thinking is around, like, you know, safety, and obviously, I know, I know, like, he's like, don't you? People ask me, don't you think about your kids? And I'm like, why would I want to think about my kids? Well, I'm pinning down a hill at 40 k's an hour. I need to focus. <laughs> Bro, I, if I thought about my kids, I wouldn't have left the house beforehand. Like, we all need to have our own little spaces in our lives for us to decompress and enjoy things. Yes, there's an element of danger. Yes, if you want to do big jumps, it's going to get more risky. But, bro, you went and got on the M1 in, in peak traffic today. Like, you know, it's just those types of questions... I mean, I think it's, um, <clears throat> I think there's, you know, you've got to take into consideration that there's quite a few different, you know, personality types. There's people that are overly conservative. There's people that are completely yeah, the other way that disregard everything. Um, but I think for the most part, people, you know, I know roughly where my limitations are and I ride five, 10% inside of that. Um, and shit still goes wrong. Like I had a stack today, which is the first time in God knows how long, but, um, you know, those crashes are bumps and bruises. They're not break your leg stuff. Um, I think when that sort of stuff happens, it's when you go well past your your capability. You've been watching stuff on YouTube and think you can send yeah. it just as big. And um, so I think for the most part, you know, most people understand what they're, they're capable of and, and ride within that. It's um, Exactly. It's no different than any other sport. It doesn't matter what you, I mean, sure, the sports that are probably safer like chess, but it's boring as hell. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's risk with everything you do, man. That's it. Mm. Oh, look, it totally is. And I will be the first to admit that I was pushing quite hard that day, but I wasn't doing anything that I couldn't do. I made a mistake at the worst possible time. It happens. But you walked away with bumps and bruises because it was it wasn't. You weren't sending a 60-foot gap. You were hitting a double that was in within reach. You just had a moment. Yeah, I had a moment. Oh, the video is so funny. I'm going to have to find the clip. When I, like, trying to find the pedal after, I, like, I dust half a gum tree off me. And then the first crank I take, it's like... I was like, come on. <laughs> Remember um, on, our, on my first run to Boomers, Rod and I went out there. He might took a week off and um, we went and camped down towards the Gold Coast somewhere and we went and rode somewhere yeah, yeah. today. We did like um, Corralbin and we did Narang and you know, Boomers and a whole heap of places. And um, first yeah. run at, right at Boomers, 
we um, went off the pallet drop and um, I literally landed and broke my pedal out of the crank, like literally just clean, clean broke it out of the crank. What? And, um, Holy. <laughs> ripped it clean out. And um, so I was in front, right over takes me and I get to the bottom. He's like, oh, what happened to you? I'm like, oh, oh, I'm a little broken, man. And uh, he's like, oh, well, I still won. <laughs> takes the win. <laughs> he, of course, he would let you... Of course, he would let you know. And like Dan and I have, oh look, he probably doesn't see it like that, but he knows that I hate it when he does something that I don't want to do, or and no, I can do, but I'm on an own. He, <sighs> Pig Nuts has no fear. I'm I'm assuming <laughs> that he has none, even though we all do. I'm just, for my own personal um, flipping sanity, I'm just, he's nuts, man. And he'd be like, yeah, you can try it now. And I was like, well, I have to. Yeah, thanks, man. (laughs) I have to now. I have to try it because you did it. Because otherwise, when we go to work on Monday, you're going to say something like Rod did and be like, you won. (laughs) He's like, Uh, at least I can say I tried. But. (laughs) Look, that's, I mean, that's the, you know, that's another space, that's another space where we can learn stuff about ourselves. You know, sometimes, yes, we should ride below capacity, not push, 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 push past that 100% all the time. But I also think, I was having this conversation with Johnny Ale, I think there's a time when the band-aid needs to be ripped off a little bit when you want to learn something. Everything like, in life's about going out of your comfort zone. It's just picking the time to do it. Correct. Like you have to take a, a risk sometime. Like the bike that I snapped my trail, uh, the trail that oh the, the trail that I snapped my bike on, is actually pretty. Oh, it's I. When I look at, it, I'm like, this is pretty gnarly. People are like, oh, it's super fun. I'm like, yeah, it's super fun. But the way that I read trails sometimes, the way that my brain takes in like all the little bits and pieces, I'm like, this is really technical. And I was really struggling on. I was like, I just. I wanted to try it. And someone asked me the other day, oh, you know, what goals do you have when you start riding again? And I'm like, I just, the only thing I could think of other than like cornering, I want to better my cornering and bike control because I know that'll help everything, is I want to get top to bottom on that trail that I snapped my bike on. It's the only other thing I could think about. So what's left then? Just the um, just the, the last drop and then it's through to some doubles on the down the bottom half, isn't it? Uh oh, still, oh this I'm talking about I've snapped it on Balzac, that new DH trail. I'm still oh, gonna yeah. do a few of the features on Mini Mega, but that'll come in that'll come in time. But like Balzac is like super steep off camber. It's really, really loose in parts. My physio the other day said, What's this scar? He's like, Have you had surgery on your hamstring before? And you know, I told you I've I ripped the pants, the mm. There was no sharp rocks anywhere, and then I looked down after I, f- I fell off my bike, pushing it down, like fell down, like trying to get back on it, and there was like a rock shaped like an arrow, and it just and you put it your cut, ass on it. <laughs> it literally cut cut me from just above a tattoo I have all the way up to under my glue, and I looked at the scar the other day, and it's probably about four mil thick, top to bottom. Yeah, right. That's a good effort pretty hectic and all i could think about was like i need to get 
because I had I couldn't walk my bike back out. I was too far in, and it was too it would have been too hard to walk a broken bike that wasn't rolling back up that steep. I've got to get that monkey off my back. I have to finish that trail as much <laughs> as I hate the thought of doing it. Let's go down with some mates and follow them in, and just each time take a new feature on. Oh yeah, it'll it'll be something something like that. Like it's pretty gnarly, but. Man, the mental game from MTB is probably one of the best the best parts about it. it. Has it is most definitely, most definitely. How much you can, how much you can learn. Hang on a second, these kids. Give me two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Right, eh? Man, what's next for you, ride wise? What do you what do you want to achieve on the bike this year? Have you got any races planned? What are you What are you looking at? No, I'm actually off. No racing this this season. Um, Season's all well. This year's all about um, finishing uni, really. So um, that's yeah, taking over all my just about all my riding time, unfortunately. Um, so yes. be off this year. Next year we'll be back into training heavily, and then um, want to start doing some stage races. So Rod and I um, had originally what sort of kicked all this off. We signed up to do the Port to Port, which is like a five-day um, stage race um, on, on a mountain bike, essentially, and um, end up getting cancelled during COVID, but um, yeah, so it'll be take off and do those. There's three, three of those around Australia um, that, that they run each year, so that'll probably be the first things to kick off once I get back into um into race mode, I guess. What is the stage to, like, can you explain the format? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so each, you have, obviously have a start and finish line each day, um, and it's a different place. No different to say the, the Tour de France, right? Like, obviously, much smaller, but um, you know, a typical day is 50 to 80 K, you know, a thousand to 2000 meters of climbing. Um, it's everything from fire roads to single track and you just run one point to the next, you stay there overnight and you get up and you go from there to the next point. Um, so, um, yeah, you do it for, depending on the race, four or five days straight and, um, yeah, and you're done. How so, do you, how does that work logistically with, you started a particular point and then obviously ride to a point is there someone does that do you have to get someone to drop you at a start point and then you get picked up like how does that work depends on the event so sometimes either you can park there and then they'll bus you back at the end um it, it depends on the event to how they, they run it all but there's there's the people running the event always have a way for you either to get you your car to the finish line or you back to the start line where your car is um so yeah it's not it sounds a lot more complex than it is but there's always a way to, to make that work yeah, gotcha. Because Johnny uh, was had mentioned something of the sort, like doing, you know, picking out a trail and wanting to do like an X amount of Ks and, you know, maybe taking like a, um, oh, what are they called? Like a backpackable swag so you can like yeah. camp. Yeah. Do some bikepacking. Yeah, a couple of the guys we ride with do do a fair bit of that. They do like bike packing. One of them was riding up the beach the other day on his his fat bike. Um, I think him and a mate were doing sort of a couple hundred k, and they sort of ride for four or five hours, camp the night, and then keep riding the next day. Um, there's heaps of places if you're going to do something like that. Something like the 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 rail trail, you know, the Brisbane Valley Rail Trail would be a good one. It's 160 k long, but you don't have to carry swags. There's pubs every 20 or 30 k you can stop at and get a room overnight. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty pretty cool. There's plenty of plenty of people that do that, and there's events and stuff they run along there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah so much. Of... So this uh, right, this race you said port to port. 
What um, is the New South Queensland? That one's in Newcastle. There's um, yep. there's one up in Queensland, up in Cairns, which is the oh, it's up coast to coast. I don't know. There's three of them. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, yeah, and they're obviously essentially those three events are qualifiers for the Cape Epic. So and you have the Cape Epic. Go do some googling. You'll blow your mind. So it's um it's running um running South Africa, obviously Cape Town. Um, don't quote me, but it's twelve or thirteen days. You know, you're talking thirty odd thousand meters of elevation, hundred fifty kilometers a day. Um, yeah, it's one of the only UCI. Well, it's not. It's the event's not classified by UCI. That it's it's past their their classification. So it's um yeah, it's pretty it's pretty full on. But if you get bored, go and Google Cape Epic and have a look at a couple of the the um, highlight reels from last year or two. It's pretty awesome. Um, and it's the same sort of format to pairs race. You race as a, as a duo. Um, yeah, and away you go. Oh, Ross. Another thing I – it makes me think of McGavalanche or like the mountain of um, – yep. Oh, man, that would be so much fun. Like what an experience. Yeah, just things to do. It's like bucket list stuff, right? It's um, things to tick off and – get amongst you never you'd never forget it and you i guarantee you have a few dark times over that 13 days oh you'd have some you'd have probably have them daily um yeah legit 100 there'd be horrible climbs there'd be some some brutal terrain but there'd be some amazing moments too there'd be stuff you'd see you wouldn't otherwise get a chance to um you know and it's not even to me it wouldn't it's not about it's not about placing or winning it's about just the experience of it all like how how awesome um, to be able to partake in something that's you, know, you can't actually enter it, so you've got to qualify for it. You've got to you've got to earn your right to get there. It's um, you know that in itself is pretty pretty awesome, I reckon. That is sick. Mm. I was watching John Jones's stuff of Trans Madeira. Oh yeah, and, yep. Oh, that if I was able to go and do like one, and and it, it had a lot to do. I love that type of um, writing or the idea of it. But the beauty of that place and that terrain and, like, how they can only hold it in two parts of the year and they can only have X amount of um, people and just, like, the – I was like, that sounds friggin' amazing. And, like, because of the type of person he is, like, he's a larrikin, I was like – if I could take a crew of people and go and do something like that, that would be that, you know, man, I do it, you know, a Cape Epic, but like, you, you know, you and Rod wanting to qualify and go and do a, a Cape Epic, like that would be, I'd be like, I could pack up and go do that. I think that's, uh, that's a few years down the track if, uh, if it ever happens, but um, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's, you know, there's, there's, there's progression in, in hitting bigger jumps or, or cornering faster. There's progression in riding further. There's, you know, there's, there's progression can be found everywhere. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think for me progression is all about hitting the biggest jump in, in front of you, but I go, it would be amazing to be able to, you know, punch out a hundred K five days in a row um, on your mountain bike. Like I go, that's, that's a, that's an era of progression. Um, oh, it is. Yeah. And what you get from that, what you get from that physically, mentally, even emotionally, like, you know, that's, that, that's, it wouldn't be an E, I mean, for some people, you know, Chris, Chris does that friggin' every other day of the week. Cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> How have I never heard that yet? 
I only picked it up the other day, Mitch. I was riding with um, I was riding with Mitch, <laughs> and I uh, said, "Oh, I'm riding with um, with Confowl on Saturday." And he goes, "Oh yeah, awesome." He goes, "You mean cornflakes?" And I'm like, "How have I never heard that?" And <laughs> it like it, it stuck with me ever since. Well, it's a cracking nickname. <laughs> I am going to change his nickname in the chat to Cornflakes. <laughs> uh, Need to be like, who told you that? I've known, I've known Chris for years. We used to play RC cars together. Shit, maybe yeah. 15, 15 years ago. It was a lifetime ago. And, um, so is that yeah. how you, Jeff, and him know each other just through RC stuff? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jeff's obviously like national champion amongst other things. He's a bit of a god in that sport. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I met Chris and Jeff through through that. Um, used to as a bit of a, as a hobby or a pastime for a while. Um, yep. Yeah. So it, um, there's quite a few of them that sort of have migrated from RC and, and, and other, I guess, other sports or other disciplines and, and found their way over to riding. So, yeah. Five. He does, I'm pretty sure he does close to 100K a day. Like, I can't remember the last time I didn't see him tick. Old cornflakes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. He's on to it now. <laughs> huh? Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Right I, I'm, I'm actually going to. I'm actually uh, riding with him tomorrow at Burmans, so I'm sure uh, I'll hope you won't have seen it by then, so I'll be in the clear till I see him next time. Yes, 100%. Sorry, sorry, Chris. If I... Uh, no, nah, sure. He he um he, he he shouldn't be... Oh, nicknames. Here it is. Here we go. Corn. Oh, I could call him Kellogg's. Oh, Jesus. This is spiralling. 100% it's going to spoil. Everyone's getting nicknames now. Oh, Rod loves the nickname Slippery. Slippery. That <laughs> is so weird because when you look at this guy, he looks like pay your bills on time, go to bed at nine. <laughs> like, Is that the ex-military thing, you think? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Well, that I did not know. <laughs> is he, is he actually ex-military? Yeah, ex-Navy. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um. Well, that, that explains a lot, that he's still a slippery gypsy. So. He's a slippery gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when I saw the – was it uh, – because he did the 24-hour, and there was a race that he did after that as well. Was it the Norco? No, he did the 3 plus 3 a couple of weeks ago. Was there something else in between that? Um. I don't think so. The next one's Noosa in two weeks' time. The Noosa in um, 100K. Yeah, the Noosa there. Enduro. Uh, I don't he, think there's um, any between. I don't think so. I think there's a photo of him from the 3x3. Three three and obviously he's got, you know, the Lycos on, but his moustache, his full cleans. Was it that? Was it no, that he hasn't got a moustache. Well, I don't think he's got a moustache. I swear i seen a photo of him with a mo. I could be wrong. If not, we maybe we need to do some photoshopping. He needs a mustache <laughs> with a name I, like Slippery. I don't think I've ever seen him with a mustache, but um, you know, I'm sure between us we can do some photoshopping. There'll be someone we oh, know, right? No, no doubt. If we put our, our brains <laughs> together, I'm wondering how long it's going to take before Chris um really like sees that. That's funny. Oh, that's right. I mean, I'll see him tomorrow. I'll be like, oh, I tried to stop him, but, you know, you just, you just wouldn't have it. <laughs> oh, you can't. Like, no doubt I'm going to get some. No doubt I'm going to get some. 
heinous name and then get annoyed and change it to like hummus or something like that. <laughs> and maybe that's what we'll do tomorrow. We'll finish riding and then we'll all just spend 20 minutes trying to come up with a nickname for you. <laughs> uh, look, I would be more than happy. I'll be more than happy to um, uh, accept a terrible nickname from a group of guys <laughs> like you. I was going to ask you. I had a banger of a question from having a very mad ADD moment and it is gone. Because I just, I chased a squirrel on that. See, that's a perfect example of me chasing the squirrel. Like, <laughs> chasing oh, the right Charlie White to the corner. Corn, yeah, yeah, yep. Cornflakes moment. Cornflakes moment. Uh, man, it's been a good chat. Mm, I'm, ha- I'm, no, I'm I am uh, happy to uh, call it there. Obviously... We've been trying to bang this together for a while. Mm. But if you are watching this, people, that means the – was I going to do the giveaway announced after this? Or would have the giveaway already been announced, the winner? No, post-release of this, you'll find out the Monday after. He's made the decision. I've made the decision. <laughs> um Thank you for taking the time. I know, just just to give you a picture of how hard this guy works, I should have done this earlier on. He studies. What's your job role again? Like, what is your um, like your, your your day thing? Um, I'm the COO for an engineering company. Okay, so yep, full time uni or part time? No, part time. Part time, of course. It have to be, otherwise you. Yeah. You're dead. No, no, yeah, dead. <laughs> dead, dead, dead. Um, dead on the log. Um, so, yeah, part-time uni, CEO of an engineering company, runs a small business, and the whole time makes time for others to help them. Shannon helped me massively in sorting out my bike and getting everything the way that I had pictured and how it took forever for us uh to get there but we got there and he still manages uh, from with everything that he does to make time for people and help them and i'm very thankful for that i hope more people get to experience your kindness and i think if you keep up doing what you're doing that pretty much whatever you touch so to speak is going to turn to gold so um thank you for your time bro i very very much appreciate it uh, cheers, man. I really appreciate the um, appreciate it. It's been good fun. It has been good fun. I can't wait to see where this group chat goes. Yeah. <laughs> there might have to be some uh, post post editing of some screenshots going up of all the nicknames flying through. Maybe you maybe, know what happens. Um, One person changes a nickname and everybody jumps in. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna get in, it's gonna get interesting. Anyway, guys, that was episode four. Thank you, Shannon, for jumping on, Mr. AMS himself. Um, I will leave a link in the description if you want to get yourself a fat discount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in the link of every other episode is as this, well. Oh. Is this where you plug Johnny's code instead of yours? No, <laughs> that would be dirty jogging it. <laughs> no, you can't do that. If you do want anything, the code is down below, but it is also hummus underscore power 10. Check it out. (laughs) But um, I'll also make a note, everybody who is listening, that 
Um, we will now have from this episode, all episodes are up on Spotify. We've got up to episode eight actually recorded now. And we are going to be um, pretty much full steam ahead. So once again, Shannon, thank you. Episode four is done. All right, guys. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed Bye. it. Cheers, cheers, cheers. The Fully Panned Podcast. Yeah.